Davis steps under center. Gibson and McClendon behind it. Davis with motion by Richard. Will get the ball to McClendon. He leaps. Oh, he doesn't get in. He fumbled the football. Carolina holds. The game is over. And Carolina has won the game. Finley to throw. Over the middle. Intercepted. Wolfuck again. Wolfuck the other way. At the 30. The 40. Wolfuck to midfield. Miles Wolfuck with the pick. The heels on the doorstep of an enormous victory. Left side of the line. Hood standing to Williams' is right. Williams going to throw. One-on-one. Davis has it. Touchdown. Carolina wins. Carolina is the Coastal Division champion. Bernard fields it at the 26. Heading to the far side. Gio at the 35. Gio, he's at the 50. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Gio, he's going to take it for a touchdown. Are you kidding me? Connor Barth for the possible win. Snap. Spot. Kick away. High enough. Long enough. It's good! It's good! Carolina has won the game on a 42-yard field goal by freshman Hunter Burr. Good gosh, dirty. This is the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. Hey guys, and welcome in to another edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. It's Anthony Pagnata with you guys, as always. And today, we are joined by Austin Burlidge of Power T Tape. He's a guy that goes through, breaks down the University of Tennessee volunteers on the field. He goes through, does great film breakdowns. And we're having him on today to, of course, talk about the guy that the Tar Heels just landed in the transfer portal in senior running back. Ty Chandler. He will be joining the Tar Heels for the 2021 season. Uh, the Tar Heels needed a veteran in the backfield, and they definitely got one. And uh, first of all, Austin, before we even talk about that, you know, I know uh, you. It's been a difficult time uh, with everything that's been going on with COVID-19. You know, this college football season almost didn't even happen in a lot of people's minds, um, but uh, you know, ultimately it did. But still, how's the family holding up during this time? And and uh, you know, how are you doing during this time as well? Hey Anthony, thanks, man. A uh, pleasure to be on with you. Um, I'm I'm doing really well. Family's doing w- really well. We've um, we've been lucky uh, over here. I live actually I live in Wisconsin, so um, a little bit removed from from Tennessee. But uh, up here, it's it's been really good. The winter's been really mild, so we haven't been uh, stuck inside too much. And um, you know, work is going really well for us. I know I'm I'm very sympathetic to uh, to what we face as a country here and i know a lot of people are struggling so my thoughts uh, are with them and my wife and i are blessed that we've been able to uh, to come through pretty well that's great to hear man great to hear uh so yeah i mean you know let's uh let's dive into it a little bit here you know ty chandler ends up committing to carolina after entering the transfer portal uh, a few weeks ago uh, of course you know he had a pretty pretty established and strong career uh, with the Tennessee Volunteers. Four years there, uh, almost 4,000 all-purpose yards in his time there. So I think the main thing, first out of the gate, that Carolina fans are wondering is when you look at the type of running back that Ty is, do you think that he's a guy that is going to be able to come in and help Carolina for this one year where they're looking at him as a guy that's just trying to help them transition uh, what's going to be a young backfield this year to being able to put up, you know, some decent numbers over the next couple of years. 
Yeah, I think I think you just hit the uh, the nail on the head there at the end when you said decent numbers. I mean, I, I've obviously uh, did a little research on Javante Williams and Michael Carter, mm-hmm. um, and and they put up just stupid numbers right mm-hmm. last year. I mean, um, impressive to say the least. So, um, is he going to come in and be a guy that can give you what Javante gave you and almost twenty TDs last year? I don't know about that, um, right. but I really do think that he's he's a he's just a really solid college starting back and um like you said comes in with a ton of experience and one thing that i think is going to really help him obviously is uh, running backs coach robert gillespie uh who is at unc right now was his his primary recruiter at tennessee uh before he came over so obviously really established relationship with uh, coach g and, and i know he's excited to get back to work with him uh over there so he'll be comfortable uh as far in terms of who he's being coached by and I think the scheme at Tennessee is, is, I would say, probably a lot harder uh, to learn and pick up than the one that uh, Coach Longo runs over at UNC. Um, Coach Longo pretty big on, you know, making it simple, playing fast. Um, to steal a Coach Urban Meyer word, like equating numbers, right, getting guys in space to make plays. And I think that's going to let him shine a lot more uh, than he did in the office at ten- offense at Tennessee, and, and we can get into the specifics of that. Yeah, so when you look at him as a running back, you know, what are the most attractive qualities about his running style? What can Carolina fans maybe expect to see from him when he's carrying the football? Yeah, he. Um, well, the first thing that I would point out, in, uh, in four years, uh, zero fumbles, zero fumbles lost. Hmm. So you got a guy that's uh, he's going to take care of the ball for you. Um, and, and, you know, the ball is the, the number one thing as a – especially as a guy that's going to be a redshirt senior, um, he it would surprise me if he turned it over. And the more possessions you can have for your team, right, the better. So right. I would say a guy that takes care of the ball. Number two, um, Tennessee played in a lot. It's not strictly zone uh, heavy, but a lot of inside-outside zone runs. Um, so he has a lot of experience being a, a zone running back. And when I say that, I mean more of like a one-cut guy, mm-hmm. um, you know, very skilled at, hey, I'm, I'm going to see the opening, I'm going to hit it. Um, yeah, at 5'11", 205, he's, he's a little bit smaller than uh, Williams that you guys had last year, so he's not a dude that's going to probably run the people over. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's actually one thing that Coach Pruitt at Tennessee harped on quite a bit, which is, uh, you know, I wish our backs would would uh, fall forward a little bit more. Um, but he's a guy that, hey, if, if you get him in space, he can make one cut, he'll make you miss. He, he also carries that um, skill set over into the return game, so he returned punts and kicks. Uh, for some time so that that is probably the things that that sticks out to me the most uh from him as a runner is just his one cut ability he doesn't have uh i wouldn't i wouldn't say that he has breakaway speed uh but definitely good enough speed uh to get away uh when he needs to and uh but but probably his best skill set in my opinion is in the pass game um, he is a really good receiver uh, in his career. I think he only has uh, what is that here? Four drops in his and has fifty nine receptions on seventy four targets, and he only has four drops. Um, and I think some of that you can attribute to Tennessee's quarterback play is probably a lot uh, a lot below what you guys have in Sam Howell. So I love him as a receiver. I've been uh, on my Twitter. I've been pounding him as, hey, man, I, I really wish Tennessee would use him more in the slot. And I know. Um, and what Longo likes to do with the more air raid spread style, a lot more motion. So there's more opportunities for him to be coming in motion on jet sweep style plays and um, swings, swing screens to the flat. 
that I think are going to put him in space, and I think he's really dangerous in space. Yeah, I, I think you're right about that. Uh, one of the things that I really liked about him, you know, watching him on film, I, I first of all thought he looked uh, comparable enough to Michael Carter where Carolina fans can be excited when he gets to the edge. Um, he can turn the corner very quickly, as you mentioned. Uh, that's, you know, what you would expect also from a guy that is a kick returner. And I thought his back vision was just fantastic. I mean, he can see the field about as well as any running back that I've seen on film in a while. And that's something that's really key and is something that you're going to get when you get veteran running backs because when you look at some of these guys, their high school tapes, everything like that, they don't really see the field all that well. They pick one lane, they run with it. Uh, usually they stick with the lane that the play is designed to go through too. Um, you know, Chandler's a guy that's been there, done that, so he's a little more experienced. So I think that'll definitely help Carolina in the backfield. And then I like what you said about him being a receiver out of the backfield. I think that was one of the things, if you go back and watch the bowl game as compared to some of the other games that Carolina played throughout the year, uh, where they're running backs really shined you just didn't see that ability to catch the ball out of the backfield and I think you know look Carolina's got a really good receiving court they've got a good tight end in Garrett Walston who's coming back next year and can continue to improve but when this offense is working at its best you have those safety valve running back dumps off dump offs that you can go to now, one of the other things that I wonder about Chandler, because this is another big concern, was a big concern coming into the bowl game, and probably still is in a lot of people's minds, do you think that he has the ability to pass protect? Was that something that you guys saw at Tennessee? Because Carolina, that that was one of the things that I think was most underrated about what Michael Carter and Javante Williams did. Do you think he'll be able to hold up in pass protection if they sort of need him in that role? Yeah, I'm, I'm very uh, intrigued to see what happens. And I would say that that's probably the area that he can improve the, the most in would be his pass protection. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do have, I, I think, some reasons why he struggled in that um, versus, you, you know, why at Carolina he might be a lot um, a lot better at that. But, you know, pass protecting is uh, at the college level can be difficult. And Tennessee's offense with Tim Taney, there's – I don't even, I mean, I, there's a lot of protection schemes and they're all, you know, they, they can be difficult to pick up and he's only been in the system for two years. And so that's another thing that I would say about Ty. I mean, he's gone through, he's gone through um, two different head coaches and three different offensive coordinators in his time at Tennessee. So uh, on the one hand, difficult maybe to, to grasp all of those different protection schemes. Uh, on the other hand, uh, he has been able to pick them all up. Uh, and so it should be no problem jumping into the Carolina offense. Um, yeah, I mean, so he, he probably, I would say, struggles in pass protection. I would say um, PFF, Pro Football Focus, uh, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, their grades can be useful sometimes, and he, he typically graded lower in that. But some of that is the protection itself, mastering the scheme. I think some of that, too, is his size. You know, at 5'11", um, 205, I think I said, um, you know, a little bit smaller guy, and he's playing against SEC defenses too. So, I, and I, I don't want to come on and be the SEC guy that bashes the ACC, okay? Because I, I love, I love Carolina, I love the ACC, but I think um, you know it's easy to look, up, bring up film, and be, oh, he, he really struggled in pass protect when he's playing Alabama and Georgia and Florida, you know, back to back to back. Um, so, in Texas A and M at the end and all that. So, uh, I think. A byproduct of going to uh, UNC is going to be maybe not. I know Clemson obviously, but maybe not quite that stout of a, a defense. And then two, just being in the UNC system, more spread out, you're not going to face 
as stout of a rush because you have so many more options. Like you said, the the receiving core is so strong at UNC and Howell, obviously, great quarterback, can, can get the ball out. Um, Tennessee didn't have that as much, and, and um, Garantano wasn't a, a quarterback that made you nervous. So it was easy to say, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna blitz heavy, and we're gonna make the backs pick us up, and we don't think the guy can, the quarterback can get the ball out." But um, he's probably not, I would think, going to see as much pressure because of the way that Carolina operates. So I would be optimistic about his ability to block. I know I'm, I'm rambling on it a little bit here, but um, obviously oh, no, no. I would say that's the worst part of his game uh, right now. But I think there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic that that's not going to be as big of a concern uh, within the scheme that he's going to be playing against because he has the physical tools. Right, and he's going to be playing behind a veteran offensive line. That's another thing. Uh, you know, Carolina is not losing anybody on the offensive line. This is a group that's going to have been together for two full years by the end of next season. And you got to think also, uh, you know, Sim Richards is the only guy that was a new starter this year. So a lot of these guys will have been together for three years as starters. So that should definitely help Chandler uh, out. And look, anybody that's listening to this podcast, if you think that the SEC is clearly not a prestigious conference above the ACC right now in terms of just complete conference uh, you know, outlook. I don't really know what to tell you. you. I mean, you just reel it off. There is no time during the year that you are going to face teams at the, as the same caliber of Alabama, Georgia, and Florida consecutively. And I, I, the other thing, you know, that I put when I was writing the article about him is that I think that, you know, when you look at the SEC, even if you don't have teams that are putting up, you know, ridiculous stats, even if they aren't winning a ton of games, they're very, very physical, no matter who it is in the SEC. The ACC, you have some physical teams, but there are some teams that they, they try to beat you with the new age philosophy of style and speed where the SEC is just it's a different mindset out there it's it's you know bring your jock strap you've got to play every single week um so I, I mean you know the only thing that I would I would ask you here before we uh we let you go with him I noticed that he was kind of passed over on the depth chart this year is that something that Carolina fans should maybe be a little concerned about or do you think that that was just maybe that there was a guy that could be you know a little bit better than him or that just fit the scheme a little bit better what do you think in terms of the concern around that yeah I I would not be concerned if I were a Carolina fan about that I think Tennessee is extremely high on Eric Gray uh, who they had behind him and was pushing him Um, you know Gray gives a little bit more wiggle in the run game uh, where I think Tennessee was was looking for a little bit more of those explosive runs Um, so yeah his his yards or his attempts this year were a little bit down compared to um, to the, the two years prior, um, and the rest of his stats obviously because he wasn't getting as many opportunities to carry the ball. But um, yeah, I would not be worried about that. I think Eric Gray is is a special guy. I think if he was maybe in a better situation, I hope he doesn't leave. Obviously, Tennessee's got uh, eighteen guys in the transfer portal, so I hope he I hope he's one that doesn't enter it, and we can get it right over on our end. And, uh, uh, he starts to kind of shine on a national level. Um, but, yeah, he was just getting pushed by a really good player. Um, and the other thing that I would say is Gray was really um, – uh, he struggled in pass protection too. So it wasn't uh, – and there were times where I think they, they were just, you know, trying their options and seeing, hey, well, maybe this will work or maybe this will work and, um, um, you know, going from there. But, yeah, I, I wouldn't be too concerned about it at all if I were okay. a target fan. I know um, – 
you guys are losing a couple studs in the backfield and, and he's going to step right in and be a senior leader. Um, you know, obviously losing your two uh, leading rushers from last year. Uh, there's there's going to be space for a guy like Chandler to step in. And, and I think with his experience, four years uh, of college experience, he's, he's going to carry a lot of weight. Uh, and, and by all accounts, he's a great teammate. Uh, nope. Oh, I think we lost him there, uh, unfortunately. Let's see if we can try to get him back here just really quickly. Um, but great stuff there. Great stuff there uh, from him. Really encouraged about uh, what Ty Chandler can possibly bring to the table uh, for the Tar Heels this season. Uh, again, you know, he's a guy that will come in, if anything, should be a veteran leader in the backfield uh, for the Tar Heels as they try to... Um, as as they try to you know make the transition from a group that really stro- that that really did a great job this past year. Hey Anthony. Hey man. Did uh, I drop you? Uh, yeah. No, I I don't know what happened there, but um, <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I I, I think uh, you know I I don't know if there was anything else that you were really trying to get in there. Um, but uh, yeah. No, I, I thanks for for coming on with us. Uh, I think you gave some really encouraging stuff. I think a lot of people are going to be really encouraged by what they heard. Uh, tonight and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think in general, a lot of Toriel fans were really, really excited about this pickup, and uh, you know, everything that we're hearing from from everyone around Tennessee and and you as well uh, definitely has people feeling pretty confident about what uh, he he can bring. So, uh, hey man, look, I, I am a guy that I think when Tennessee is good, it's good for college football. I am hoping for your sake and all all the you know volunteer fans' sake. They can get this back on track at some point, man. So best of luck going forward, man. Uh, tell the people where they can check your stuff out, though. Maybe if they have family members that are big Tennessee fans, or uh, you know, even if they are just you know people that want to check out some good film breakdown, where they can check your stuff out on on social media. Yeah, well, first of all, I appreciate it. Uh, we're trying over here to get it right. And, uh, yeah, so I, I'm. Right now, I'm just on Twitter. I'm, my ad is uh, Power T Tape, so that's Power underscore T underscore Tape. Um, and that's where you can find a lot of my stuff. I got some things in the works for the fall, um, potentially branching out there. But uh, but we'll see. And yeah, like if I can ever do anything for you and, and for Tariel Nation, I mean, reach out. Let me know. I love uh, UNC, and uh, I'd be happy to uh, to help you guys out. So let me know. Hey, man, yeah, we really appreciate it. Thanks for working around uh, the schedule with us, uh, everything like that. And I know you're also uh, a high school defensive back coach, so best of luck to your guys uh, uh, on the field uh, whenever you guys get back out there. Uh, and uh, hopefully uh, that'll be somewhat soon. With COVID-19, you never really know uh, what uh, the uh, the outlook's going to be. Unfortunately, got to take it just one day at a time. But, hey, thanks for stopping by with us, man. We really, really appreciate it. And uh, best of luck going forward. Stay safe uh, with everyone with everything that's going on, and uh, we'll talk to you sometime soon. All right, man? Sounds good. Thanks. You too. All right. Austin Burlidge of Power T Tape. Thank him for stopping by with us, giving us a little bit on Ty Chandler. Of course, you guys can head over to the website, HeelToughBlog.com. There's an article up there where we break down Ty Chandler's game a little bit, but we wanted to get that perspective 
from somebody that watched him week in and week out, broke down the tape on him and his teammates even, and uh, he does a great job. You know, I watched some of his breakdowns uh, on the team in, in general, uh, and he does a fantastic job. So that was really great having him on. Hope you guys really enjoyed that. Uh, we have had a pretty good amount of interviews here. Uh, you know, during this season, it was really, really tough. I'm not going to lie. Uh, you know, with everything that was going on with COVID-19, uh, you know, with everything that was going on uh, on the field with the Tar Heels, uh, you know, even in season, we just know that it's tough. It's tough to get guests on because everybody's really busting hump, working really hard. Uh, you know, we were doing some stuff, uh, you know, for the company that I work for as well. So I wasn't able to get as many guests on as I wanted to during the season. So we're going to try to make up for that here in the offseason. We're going to try to get a bunch of these guys on. And then, of course, you know, the other thing is, is we didn't even really do it in the preseason. So we're going to have a bunch of guys on that we normally have on sometimes in the preseason. Uh, they're going to come on here with us to recap this season as well. One of the guys that has already done that, Bill Bender of the Sporting News, has stopped by with us already. So you guys can go back, check that out. That's the last edition of the podcast, 216. You can go back to 215 as well. That's another really interesting one. That's where we handed out our awards for the 2026 season for the Tar Heels. Some really uh, interesting awards on there. A really fun edition of the show. It was an hour long, uh, so a little bit longer than the last few that we've done, but it was definitely a lot of fun. Me and Josh hand out our awards for the 2020 season, as well as got the fan votes, so you guys can go and check that out as well. Um, also on the website, going back to that, uh, a couple other really interesting articles up there. Of course, Harris Barton, former Tar Heel offensive tackle, just got inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame. There's an article up there about that. Also tied on to that, there is an article about who could be the next Tar Heel to go into the Hall of Fame, which will get them to the 10-player plateau, uh, a prestigious plateau uh, when it comes to College Football Hall of Famers. Uh, we you know, go through, give you a look at uh, four names that we think could be hearing their name get inducted here in the near future, or should at least be put on the ballot. Uh, so that was a really interesting article. You guys can go and check that out. And then, of course, plenty of stuff still from uh, the 2020 season. You can go back, read the final grades. Uh, there are, uh, you know, just a, a lot of uh, great, you know, grades that we put up there uh, for the offensive side of the football. Of course, there was some disagreement on the offensive line grades, so you guys can go back, uh, read through that, tell me what you think of it, and then, uh, you know, we'll see going forward next year uh, where some of the, you know, some of the areas that the Tarials can improve on, what are some of the areas uh, that the Tarials will have some high expectations to live up to after this year. And then, of course, uh, I did mention this on the last podcast as well. You can check out the stock report uh, following the game against Texas A&M, the stock report from the bowl game. That's going to be relevant throughout the entire offseason because you're going to have guys that are going to be coming off of their first career starts uh, in which they played pretty well. A couple other guys that are coming back next year that will be coming off of one of their best games, if not their best game of the season. So a lot of really, really great stuff for you guys to check out on the website, HeelToughBlog.com, and that doesn't even count the fact that we got great basketball coverage with the Toriel basketball team rolling into form, and we've got baseball coverage that'll be coming up in the spring. When it comes to the podcast, the best way to make sure that you are locked into every edition of the podcast is on Facebook. Make sure you like and follow the Facebook page. 
That will allow you to get a notification whenever we are premiering a new video, which is how we are doing the podcast. Now, we're still doing it on all of those uh, podcast platforms, but we're also doing it video-wise. It's a little bit easier to access probably for a lot of people. Uh, so, you know, of course, we don't care which way you do it, but we feel like that's probably the easiest way for you. And when you do that, when you like and follow the Facebook page, it also gets all those articles on your timeline for you so you can see them whenever we post them. That's why we suggest going that way. If you are a listener to the podcast, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Rating and reviewing moves us up some of those rankings when people search Toriel Podcast, North Carolina Toriel's Podcast, anything like that. They will see us on there, and they will, if they haven't already, subscribe to the podcast uh, or be, just tune in and listen. That's ultimately what we're looking for is to try to get some of those new people that haven't found us just yet to be able to find us, hear all this great content, all this great stuff that we've been doing. And then finally, uh, we, uh, of course, want to encourage you to subscribe if you're on any of those sites, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, any of those websites. Make sure that you subscribe to the podcast so that whenever we put a new edition of the podcast out, the minute it drops, it's right in your podcast library so that you can listen. One of the big ones coming up, guys, tomorrow. Jones Angel, the voice of the Tar Heels, is going to be with us. You don't want to miss that one. So make sure you hit that subscribe button so that the minute that that one is live, you can listen to me and Jones talk about the 2020 season and maybe even take a little bit of a look towards 2021. So once again, I want to thank Austin Burwich for stopping by with us. I want to thank you guys for listening and watching. And as always, go Tar Heels!